Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I want to cover a bunch of items this morning, but let me start with this news story out of Philadelphia, which received a lot of national attention this past week. Let me sum this up for you. Head football coach Kyle Williams told NBC 10 News that he knew he was dangerously close to breaking the rules Saturday morning when his youth football team, the Conshohocken Golden Bears, went up 30 to nothing. The rules of the Keystone Sports League, which features kids no older than seven years of age, seven years of age, mind you, prevent a team from going up by more than 31 points. In other words, they're trying to prevent blowouts. Quote the coach, less than two minutes left, I called a timeout because I wanted to pull the starters off the field, said Williams. I put in kids in there who normally never play, end quote. When one of the second stringers, a five-year-old boy, got the ball, he ran toward the end zone as Williams ran along the sideline and repeatedly yelled for the kid to fall down, to not score. But the five-year-old halfback did score, and he put the team up, his team up, by score 36 to nothing. Now, Coach Williams is facing a possible $500 fine and a two-game suspension for allowing the uh, score to be run up past 31 points. He said to the coach, I have three sons. I'm not going to tell my son, especially if he's running the ball, don't go out there and give it your all. Well, look, the fact is this issue of, again, we're talking about kids who are five and six, This issue likely would have gotten very little media attention if not for Williams' brother-in-law, a former former Eagles wide receiver, Torrey Smith, who tweeted and chimed in, well, you know, this is, if you don't basically let kids go out and play, you're going to end up building weak children. In short, Smith had said, if you don't want to get embarrassed by a lopsided score, you need to play better. Now, I got to tell you, There are so many things wrong with all of this, so many. And I'm angry, and I want to rant a bit this morning. And, of course, I'll get your thoughts as well as 1-877-337-6666. Okay, let's get into this because, again, this is in many ways where we are today in terms of youth sports in America. Just when we think we're making some progress, this kind of thing pops up 
And it just, you just sit there and you sort of shake your head in disbelief. All right, I have a bunch of things which I think went wrong here. For starters, these are kids who are five and six years old. Why in the world is a score even being kept? Clearly, keeping score at this game is only for the benefit of the parents. So if you're coaching kids that young and the kids come off the field or during the timeout, they ask you as the coach what the score is, you just tell them it's very close. In fact, maybe it's tied. There's never any reason to have a scoreboard running to let the kids, everybody know what the score really is. Again, five- and six-year-olds we're talking about. Number two, the winning coach says he pulled his starters off the field with two minutes to play in the game. The score was already 30 to nothing. Okay, coach, why would you wait until there was only two minutes to play in the game if you knew you could run the risk of being fined $500 and suspended for two games? Besides, if you're up by 30 points, why haven't you put all the kids on the so-called on the bench? Why aren't they in the game earlier? What are you waiting for? Why would you keep the kids and all the starters in for the last two minutes? That doesn't make any sense. That really irritates me. Three, there is video of you running down the sideline yelling at a five-year-old uh, halfback not to score a touchdown. But later you said you were not going to tell any kid not to give us all in a game, especially to a quote-unquote bench warmer if you can actually refer her to a five-year-old as a bench warmer who has the ball and is trying to score a touchdown. Four, why in the world are these little kids playing tackle football when just about every doctor and every recent study in America says that kids shouldn't play tackle football until they're at least 14? Parents, have you been living in a cave for the last 10 years? Or don't you think that your little kid is somehow somehow is special and doesn't run the risk of ever getting a concussion. Remember, all the top doctors say the problem with kids under the age of 14 is that their shoulders and necks aren't strong enough to basically support a helmet on their head. And basically what happens is the head, uh, head uh, helmet flops around on the kid's head, kid hits the ground, hits another player, and that's when you get a concussion. And the problem is when you're that young, the chances of a repeated concussion are very, very uh, possible, and that's when you have real serious issues down the road. Look, moving on. Number five, why would Torrey Smith, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, who was the coach's brother-in-law, why would he tweet out that this punishment for his brother-in-law was wrong and the league is building weak children? Well, come on, really? I, I just, I just as I said, I think this is so bizarre and so wrong and just so, so difficult to deal with as I said before, just when we think we're making some progress in the land of youth sports and sports parenting, an incident like this happens outside of Philadelphia, and, of course, it goes viral. And the thing is, if, if the truth is, if, if Tory Smith hadn't tweeted about this, then perhaps people would have forgotten about it. But the fact is, this happens all over the country. And, I, again, it's just like when sports parents creep into this, volunteer coaches who really don't have their priorities set up accordingly, and before you know it, who are now discuss this again. It just seems, unfortunately, to keep repeating itself over and over and over again. So, you know, parents and coaches, we really, really need to get our act together. And I know that the uh, I saw an interview with the, the board, the league administrator, and he was disappointed, and he was quite adamant. He said, well, those are the rules. The coach knew the rules. You can't win a game by more, go past 31 points. And if you do, you will get fined $500. 
and you get suspended for two games. And uh, again, I haven't heard a ruling has been enforced or not, but clearly if that guy's calling the shots, he was adamant that he's not going to make any changes. It's simple as that. I mean, I just, I mean, look, if you disagree with me about this, I'd like to hear from you. It's as simple as that. I feel very strongly about this. And as I said, I, there are so many things wrong with what happened here. The kids, as always, are the victims. It, it's, it's something that I just, uh, just find abominable. And I, I, I really hope and pray that something will get done to send a message so we get this. The problem is when these messages do go out, they don't seem to have much impact because until the next incident takes place, you know, people, well, what are you going to do where it's a heat of the game? Well, there is no heat of the game when you're working with kids who are five and six. Five or six-year-olds? Come on, really? They don't understand strategy at that age. They don't have the, the, the cognitive abilities to know what's going on. So I just, I just find this, just as I said, just deplorable, as simple as that. All right, let me take a timeout. Uh, John Minko is here. He's got your update. When I come back, I do want to hear from you about this and give me a sense of what you think we're going with. Again, the number, of course, is one 337 6666 Back with your calls after Mink. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm Rick Wolf. I'm talking this morning about this rather, well, disappointing incident that took place uh, down in Philadelphia last week where uh, a, a football coach who is the head coach of a bunch of kids playing tackle football, right away that, that concerns me, kids ages five and six, and the coach uh, is now facing a possible fine of $500 and suspended for two games under league rules because with uh, two minutes ago in the game, uh, a kid, a five-year-old, who came in off the bench apparently, went down, scored a touchdown to put the, the game a score of 36 to nothing. The league mandate is you can't score more than 31. Uh, and there's so many things I'm upset about this. And obviously, I want to get your thoughts about this at one 337 6666 Let's start this morning with Dave over in Irvington, New Jersey. Dave, good morning. You're first up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Pleasure to speak with you. I I called you a little over a year ago. It's an honor to be your first caller this morning. Well, thank you for calling, Dave. It's good to hear. You know, uh, I, I am as appalled as you are about this whole thing. You know, I'm physically, I'm as blind as Stevie Wonder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I can see, you know, a, a blind man can see, you know, that this makes no sense whatsoever. First of all, I agree with you. You know, kids five and six should not be playing tackle football. Correct. You know, and, you know, in baseball, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there what's called a gentleman's agreement where if you're up 14 to nothing and you get a couple of men on base, you're not supposed to advance? Well, not even 14 to nothing. I would say it's more like even like uh, uh, 10 nothing. Uh, but your point is well taken that, yeah, once you're up and the game is uh, sort of well in hand, there's no reason to do this. Now, again, Dave, it's hard to tell a kid who's five years old who apparently just got into the game and gets the ball. Again, we're talking about a five-year-old. You know, say don't don't try and score a touchdown or, or you know, take a knee. That doesn't really make sense either. So the coach is really totally wrong here. I just don't understand why what he was doing. Why didn't he put all of his reserve players into the game uh, early on? This doesn't make any sense at all. Exactly. And, you know, but one of the problems is, you know, I, I, I'm not a parent. I don't have a biological children but what i have seen over the years is that there are some parents who want to live vicariously by their children oh absolutely absolutely and and uh 
You know, I, Dave, and thank you as always for the call. I very much appreciate it. Let me, let me get some other calls here as well. I'll talk to you soon, Dave. Okay. Uh, take care. You know, the thing is, we know about parents living vicariously to their kids. But again, as I said, one of the things that bothers me is why is there a scorekeeping, a scoreboard working at this game? Uh, come on, these are kids. They don't, five and six year olds, again, it's, it's just sort of common sense that, they, yes, they want to be competitive, or whatever, but you just have to tell them, oh, I don't know what the score is. You just tell them, I think it's close. Uh, we're doing great. That, they're happy with that. That's all they want to hear. They want to hear they're getting beaten by, by 30 points. They're up by 30 points. They just want to know the game is, is competitive. It's as simple as that. Let's go to Staten Island. Good morning, Frank. You're on the, you're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a quick comment, and I'll let you respond. Five and six years old, isn't that the time we're supposed to be learning the game? Yeah. And for this, for this coach to reference a five-year-old or a six-year-old, as a bench warmer, can you imagine? to me as a father of kids that are just starting to get involved with sports, I mean, it's very disturbing. I agree with all your points, and I think this is a, a, a great topic, and I appreciate you taking my call. I'm going to hang up. I'll listen to your response. Thank well, you. Th- thank you. Thank you, Frank. And, and the fact is, yeah, that's something I want to uh, bring to the front as well. I mean, first of all, if you're up by that many touchdowns in a kid's game, and, and kids are five and six, and that's what I think I'm really sort of focused on here, how can you delegate or, or, or decide which kids are bench warmers, which ones are starters? That age, I would think everybody plays. Everybody plays a lot. Uh, I know in, in recent years uh, with soccer, uh, it was always a mandate in particular that every kid who's on the team is going to play at least half the game and you're going to rotate positions. As, as Frank said, this is the age where you're learning the game. You're learning how to play. You're learning the rules. You're learning the protocol. You're learning sportsmanship. But there's no reason to say, well, these kids are my bench players. These kids are never getting the game, so I thought I'd put them in the last two minutes. Why is that happening? If, I, if I'm the, the, this league uh, down in Philadelphia, I'm asking a lot of questions of this coach, like, what are you doing? What are your priorities here? Do you understand you're not coaching varsity football? You're not coaching you know, college football? These are little kids who've never played football before. And again, it all starts with the parents. You know, everybody's telling you, you should, kids should play either flag or touch football at that age. Why are you playing tackle? Don't you, don't you lead, read the headlines? Aren't you following what's going on? Do you think your kid's somehow not going to be, you know, uh, is going to be impervious to getting concussions? Let's continue. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Joe over in Maplewood, New Jersey. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Good, Joe. Um, yeah, I just want to say, you know, my son, he's played soccer and baseball since he was little, he's in high school now. And, you know, mercy rules have their place if they're done right. Usually, you know, when they have a mercy, they end the game. Yes. To say, okay, you're going to win, but we're going to keep playing, and you can't score. That's ridiculous. I mean, one time he had a soccer game. This must have been when they were in middle school rec program. Yeah. They had a mercy rule where they, if you reach six goals, you can't score again, but you keep playing. Yes. And everyone would say, well, they're not, they can't score, but we're going to – I mean, it was just anathema to the idea of let's try hard. We're going to try to win. We're going to try to play hard and do well. And you're telling kids to go out and not score, but to play. Uh, Joe, and it just seemed bizarre. Just end the game. Then. I, it, you know, it, the whole evolution of mercy rules um, are, are actually fairly recent. I mean, it's, it has good intentions. We all understand that. But if you go back far enough, like when, when I was growing up, perhaps you as well, and perhaps listeners also, you know, uh, and Joe, thank you for the call. You know, if, if, if you have a situation where the game got lopsided and you're playing a pickup game or a sandlot game with your buddies, what we did was you stopped the game 
and you said, you know what, this is not fun. One school, one team was up by four touchdowns. Let's just stop the game. This is the kids doing this. There were no parents. There were no referees. There were no leagues. The kids stopped and said, okay, let's reshuffle the teams so that they're more balanced in terms of the talent level. And that's what we did. And that's so we never really had mercy rules uh, growing up ourselves. But now, of course, with all the very structured leagues and organized leagues we have for our kids, we've now evolved mercy rules. And unfortunately, again, while they're well-intended, they don't always work as well as we want. And, and uh, you know, many times the kids, if you, if you talk to them, they say, well, why are we stopping the game? Well, you, you guys are down by too many goals or too many runs. Yeah, but I still want to play. And, and that's where these things get a little lopsided. I know, I know it gets a little more sophisticated at the high school level with mercy rules. But, again, it's somehow we're trying to protect uh, the egos of the kids. And many times the kids just want to keep playing. It's as simple as that. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Ed over Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. Eager to get your thoughts as well. Okay, Rick, good morning. First off, again, your points are well taken. Why are they playing tackle football? Why are they worried about the score? Yeah. What they should do, Rick, to be honest, and I, I think this would be a great idea, I don't know how many players you have. You, you, you set an A team, you set a B team, whether it's offense and defense. Right. Okay, you go eight plays. One team's on offense, the A team. One team on defense. You play your eight plays. Okay, you come back. You flip-flop. The A team that was on offense puts their A team defense, yep. and the other team puts their A team offense. You play eight plays. Then you go to your B group. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the score. You just play. Maybe you play each series. You, play, you, you run eight plays no matter what. At that age level, you should just worry about teaching the kids how to play the game, not worried about putting on your resume. I, I was a champion at the <laughs> five- and six-year-old Pop Warner level. Who gives a darn? You know what I mean? I, just teach at that level. I, Ed, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. So so at the end of the season, you put on your, your resume that uh, the winning head coach of, in the Keystone Sports League of kids who are five and six-year-olds, is anybody impressed with that? Uh, I mean, and, and it's amazing. How do you tell a five-year-old kid, whether he's playing, first of all, he shouldn't be playing tackle football, whether it's touch, touch or flag football, not to score for a touchdown? Are come you on. Kidding me? Nobody, no athlete, uh, first of all, uh, everybody knows, you know, of course, also that once you're in a game and the heat of the action and you're running towards a touchdown or something, you're not, you're, 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 your mind is so focused on your activities, your actions, you're not listening to any sounds from uh, the sidelines. And besides, if, if the kid came out of the game and said, well, the coach was yelling at me to fall down and not score, then we have another big concern. Like, what oh, you'd on? have the parent in the coach's face. Yeah. Then you got to call. Then you could probably got to call the police, and then now it becomes a big issue. Yeah. Then you say you told my kid not to score a touchdown. He's been waiting all day to play in the game, and he finally gets to get in the game, and he, you tell him not to score. What is wrong with you? A lot well, of things... at that younger level, like I said, cre- create creates an A team, a B team. No one knows. No one has to worry about who's what. Just let them play equally. That's I... all they want to do. And I... you know what? That's what the parents want to see. They're not worried about the score. Yeah, I'm sure the parents going to put on Twitter or whatever. Hey, my boy scored four touchdowns in this game. No one really cares at that level. Nobody just play, can... enjoy, <laughs> and just watch the game. Ed, I hear you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Talk Have to a you great soon. day, Rick. Thanks, Ed. You know, that's right. I mean, come on. These are five- and six-year-olds. Come on. Let's get over this. Let's, uh... Oh, goodness. Let's go to Steve over at Edison. Hey, Steve. Good morning. You're next up good in morning. the fan. Yes, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. All right. So I'm currently right now coaching my son in Pop Warner football. He just turned eight years old. Okay. Okay. I'm going to tell you that five and six year old flag football 
okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, five- and six-year-olds don't weigh that much, and they're not laying each other out. Mm-hmm. And five- and six-year-olds playing flag football, I've seen more injuries that way. They're still making contact. They're still blocking. They're still hitting. Some of the kids get, you know, trying to make it grab for that flag. They fall down. They get stepped on. So, so that whole five-six mentality of playing tackle football, I'm just going to throw that out the window. I got a couple points. That's one of them. Two, if you're coaching Pop Warner football, depending on how many kids you have on your roster, you have to give each kid an amount of playing time, mm-hmm. a certain amount of play. Mm-hmm. So depending if you have, if you have like 18 kids, I believe it's like something like 12 plays each kid. Now, obviously, if you're beating a team, and it's happened to us this year, it's a very challenging situation where if you, we ran three plays and scored three touchdowns. That means everybody that was on the first offense only got three plays. Now I got my second string in, and it's challenging because now my first string team didn't get the 12 plays that they need to get. So depending on how – now the score's 21 nothing. You're in that position like, oh, my God, you still have your starters in, but they got to get their playing time in. What happens is, is that after you go into a certain amount of scoring and you're beating the team by a lot, it becomes a running clock. Mm-hmm. That's the mercy rule. Right. The clock starts running. There's no stoppage of the clock. Right. Now you've got to beat that. Now you've got to get all your kids in with a running clock. So, it, I mean, yeah, well, everybody wants to act like they know what they're talking about, but at the end of the day, it becomes a challenging situation. Now, granted, five- and six-year-olds, when he plays flag, we didn't, give a, we didn't have a score. We told them all the time that, that they tied. The yes. score was tied, guys. You guys played well. It was tied. He's now, he just turned eight. So it's eight U. It's eight, seven and eight-year-olds. Yeah. Now they're, they actually do keep score, and there's actually no playoffs. It's the top team in the one division versus the top team in the other division for a final game. Yep. And I, I can tell you right now that seven and eight-year-olds are not hitting as hard as 14-year-old kids. Okay, so I agree with you. Once you get to 14, that, that, that whole uh, uh, concussion protocol and, and, and what the doctors say, yeah, I agree with that. It, it, you can get kids that are coming in. 100 miles an hour and lighten up, you know, another kid. And, and that's where you get well, the head. Steve, let me, but five and- let me stop there because I'm up against a break. Let me, two things that struck me in, in, your, in your various points. One is if your team is up by – if your, your starters score three touchdowns on three plays, then, you know, that's the time you say, fine. Now, well, obviously we're going to dominate this other team, so let's just take those kids out and put the, the kids who are on the so-called B team, let them play the bulk of the game. You can still obviously run the clock and so on and so forth. That's the first thing I would do because the kids who scored the three touchdowns, there's no reason to put them back in the game, even though you, I know you're saying they're entitled to get their playing time. But in this particular day, it's time for the other kids to have a chance to, to do what they can show what they can do. And, and, uh, and that's fair. And that's, that's fair, fair. Yeah. And, and that's do. the way it should be. And number two... You know, I know what you're saying about, well, how can these little kids, you know, they're five or six, and Steve, i got to let you go, but thank you for the call. How, how can little kids at age five and six suffer concussions or have real serious impact, even by the time they're eight? Well, the fact is, I'm not making this up. This comes from pretty much every medical doctor who's a neurologist telling us this is when the concussions begin when they're that young. It may not be contact to contact with other helmets. It may be just when they're hitting their head on the ground. That's when concussions start. I mean, this is a real medical concern. I think we can all agree upon that. And again, it's your call as a parent whether you want to have your your youngster play tackle football. That's your call. I'm just telling you that the medical evidence certainly says they really should not play tackle football until they're at least 14. All right, let me take a pause. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. 
The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. And friends, uh, please do me a favor and check out the uh, all-new Ask Coach Wolf channel on YouTube. Uh, You just go to YouTube and type in Ask Coach Wolf, and you'll see a number of uh, short vignettes, my opinions, thoughts, insights about sports parenting topics. I'm very eager for you to take a look and to uh, hear what you think. Uh, So far, the response has been terrific, so I'm eager to hear what you have to say. And, of course, don't forget my my blog on AskCoachWolf.com. I mean, we're talking this morning about this incident uh, where a bunch of uh, five- and six-year-olds uh, somehow ran up the score in a, in a tackle football game. Another coach is being held responsible, is looking at a $500 fine, being suspended for two games. And as I said at the, at the start of the show, I find so many things wrong with this that uh, I really want to, you know, talk about this. I'm taking your calls at one 337 Sixty-six, sixty-six, and let's go to Rich and Hackensack. Rich, I understand you disagree with my point of view on this. Is that correct? I do. Look, I just want to get a quick vote in for tradition. Yep. Their kids, let them play. Stop interfering. Right. They're okay. They're okay. Let the game play. I mean, are they wearing helmets? Yes. All right, so they're okay. I mean, well, well Rich, you know, I agree with you. That, that uh, you know, and thanks for the call. I agree with you that we want the kids to play. That's the whole idea, especially at that young, tender age. The kids really don't know the, the subtleties of football. That's why they're playing. They're learning as they go along. But, uh, again, I just have a real concern. And I know there are a lot of parents out there who feel that, come on, this concussion stuff, it's just uh, it's overblown, it's a worry. But, again, why take that chance? If the kids, We still want the kids to play football. But let them play, uh, you know, touch football or, or 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 flag football. And yes, I also hear one of the callers said that there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of contact with uh, with uh, flag football or tackle football or touch football. Yeah, I hear that as well. But again, not to the extent you see when kids are playing with helmets on and and you know banging heads or falling on the ground in pileups. Again, let's just use common sense here. To protect our our most valuable assets, our our kids. Simple as that. Let's go to um. Let's go to Vin over in Milford. Hey, Vin, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing today? Good, Vin. How are you? Good. Can't complain. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Listen, you know, that coach that just called a little while ago, boy, is he so misinformed because flag football, and he used the example, so I'm going to use the same thing. Blocking techniques in flag football is totally different than tackle football because in flag football, all you're allowed to use is your hands, not your body, okay? And, you know, there are parents that are out there that say, well, flag football is not real football. Well, I'm going to give you a great example. Coming from Connecticut, uh, where Milford is, Mm -hmm. uh, Dan Olowski went to Shelton High School, okay? Went on and was drafted by the Detroit Lions. Okay, and played about eight years in the NFL. Well, his start was in flag football. So that idea of flag football is not really going to teach football. Take that and throw that right out the window well, because that is a fallacy. Vin, don't forget that Tom Brady didn't play uh, didn't play any uh, tackle football until he was fourteen, growing up on the West Coast. I mean, exactly, Rick. Yeah, perfect point. That's a great example as yeah. well. I, and I just use Dan only because coming from Connecticut and sure. Dan came from Connecticut, but, you know, and, and, you know, not only just the parents think that, uh, 
this tackle football is the thing, especially at that age, is ridiculous, okay? But that coach as well, I mean, where was his thought process? Where, where, like the guy said before, you know, so they wear the jacket that says uh, league champion. <laughs> Big deal. What, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean in, 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 in life, okay? And, and not only that, but, you know, <clears throat> he, the uh, coach also said that, well, they're not hitting like 8- and 10- and 12-year-old kids. Well, yeah, they're not. But because the body size and body weights are the same, the impacts become the same and are actually equal to those older kids. Vin, let me, let me stop you there and thank you for your thoughts. I will tell you that over the years, and I don't think I've ever discussed this on the show before, but I will tell you, watch my own kids uh, going up through youth sports into various uh, levels, it always struck me a little curious when you saw a mom or dad wearing the, the jacket that were the league champions, you know, or we won this or won that, because I'm thinking, first of all, I understand the kid has a jacket like, you know, we're the league champs, but the parents, well, this is like a waving a flag saying, I am living my life vicariously through my kid, and obviously my priorities uh, are going to be skewed because – to me, it's like I went out and won the championship when I was 10 years old or I was 13 or 16, and yet why isn't my kid wearing the jacket but I'm wearing the jacket? That's always, to me, struck me as curious, as odd, like, well, this is not about you. Your childhood is over. Your kid's childhood is what he or she's doing. So let them, they want to wear a jacket that says we're league champs, that's fine. But mom and dad, that's not your place. And I, I know people are going to scream and and really think that's absolutely wrong with, but I'm telling you, it just struck me as odd. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jesse over in Jersey. Hey, Jesse, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Jess. Um, so I'm pretty split. Um, let me preface this. With that. I don't have kids, obviously. Um, I'm only going off my own experiences with youth sports. Well, but I more or less just had a question. At what age do you think it's acceptable for kids to start losing? Because, you know, they're playing at this young age, which shouldn't be competitive. It should all be fun. But, yep. you know, let's say they go home and watch a game with their with their dad and they see the Jets getting blown out by the Patriots and they say, Dad, what, you know, what's Tom Brady doing? You know, he's, <laughs> he's up by more than 25 points. Jesse, my yeah, sense, what age? Yeah, I was say, my, my sense has always been when, when the kids are old enough to start to be able to put things together in terms of the score and they can count and they can see, and again, this is all part of the maturation process that we all went through as kids growing up. We didn't do this when we were five or six. I can assure you that. By the time they're seven, eight, nine years old, and this is the formative years of watching sports and becoming aware of who the Giants and Jets are and who their heroes are, that's when the kids begin to realize, yeah, I guess if you play sports, sometimes you're going to win and sometimes you're going to lose, and, and, and that's the age... The kids tell, basically tell the parents, you know, what's going on. And as a mom or dad, that's when you have the talk with your youngster. It could happen to or seven. It could happen when they're nine. Say, so you understand with sports, the beauty of sports is you never know who's going to win or lose until the game is played. And honestly, you know, you have to understand that's the risk you take. That's why, you know, you have a situation where, you know, a team like Illinois – goes out and, 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 and knocks off Wisconsin. How could that be? They're 30-point underdogs. Well, it happened. I mean, that's, what, that's the beauty of sports. So you let the kids understand. They come to you, and then you sit down and say, there's no guaranteed wins, and when you win, you have to act in a certain way, and when you lose, 
you have to act in a certain way. And that's all, that's all part of the process of parenting that, again, you don't really put on the coach. You put on the moms and dads to explain to their, their kids how to behave. Jesse, do you follow what I'm saying on this? Yeah, no, I completely understand, but maybe it takes a 30-point loss. Obviously, you know, five years old, it's like kind of like the buffer point of where, you know, in between learning and, you know, what you're saying and, and maturing, it, it kind of seems like it's right on the, the edge of, well, you know, when... When you have kids that... Like, Jesse, and thank you for, for the call. You know, when you have kids that young, in my experience, when they're five or six, and they say, yeah, well, I saw on the scoreboard we lost 36 to nothing... Yeah, but, you know, you say, look, you played great. The team's played hard. Look, we'll play. We'll have another game next week. Next week, uh, I'm sure you guys will do well. At that young, tender age, in my experience, the kids are always optimistic. Yeah, we'll get them next week. And they just brush it off. They, it's more about the egos of the moms and dads who go home after the game and they're kind of morose and depressed, like, how can we lose by 36 to nothing? No, it's not about you, Mom and Dad. It's about the kids. The kids bounce back really quickly. The kids want to say, hey, let's go get some uh, some pizza and some ice cream, and let's get on to the next game. It's as simple as that. That's the beauty of sports. Let's go to uh, let's go up to Tom up in Connecticut. Hey, Tom, you're on the fan. How you doing? Good, Tom. What's up? We're on our way to Bristol right now to play a football game. Okay. We teach them sportsmanship before anything else. But how, how old are these kids playing football? Um, we're in the seven or eight-year-old class. Okay, so you're right there with teaching the basics and fundamentals and tackling and blocking and sportsmanship and all that stuff, right? Correct. And we still keep score, and I mean, we're still keeping records, but, you know, we teach them to respect the other team and respect everybody. Yeah. Do you guys... But have... my, point, my point is, is I'm, we're watching this evolve, and we might not have football left in our lifetime that's a possibility we're having a hard time getting yeah. we're having a hard time getting kids correct we're having a hard time getting kids to play this sport it's pretty sad because everybody is worried about the, the repercussions or all these other problems that people have in the world that don't pertain to these kids tom it's it's a uh, it's on a bigger larger scale we know this we we see the numbers we know that the numbers for high school football are decreasing all over the country. It's a direct result of the concerns about concussions at the high school level. Uh, it is possible that we might see get to a point where uh, you begin to see fewer and fewer kids, so few kids want to play football, that high schools will have to basically join together to have enough kids to play for one team. Uh, just because, okay. you know, that, that's, gonna, that's a real concern. But again, I do want to point out parenthetically as well, and Tom, thank you for the call. The other concern is the fact that we're seeing concussions in ice hockey and particularly in soccer, which, you know, parents think that, you know, those sports, particularly soccer, is a safe alternative to football. Soccer has a lot of concussions, and you don't really hear about that often, but we know they're out there. And, and you know, nobody's seeing or saying that may, well, you know, I don't want my kid playing soccer because he or she may end up with concussion protocols. Yeah, but it's it's all over. I, I don't have an easy solution for this. It, it is very, very difficult uh, to try to come up with a one, one solution that fits all, but we do know these concerns really do exist. And if you're a sports parent these days, brother, it's tough. I mean, it's really tough because you're really sort of tiptoeing your way through a minefield to making sure your youngster enjoys playing sports, but also stays healthy and wants to continue playing sports down the road. All right, let me take a break. When I return, right back to your calls. Stay with me. Radio.com. 
Radio.com. Okay, let's get right back to our callers. Let's go over to, uh, to Long Island. Ray has been standing by. Ray, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Yes, Ray. Yeah, I'm a sports official for uh, close to 25 years. Okay, great. And, uh, um, I second your comments when I heard the story about keeping score in a fifth-grade football game. I was aghast. Yeah. Um, it, what, I, I, Ray, do me a favor. Turn your radio down so there's no back feedback. Okay, you got okay. it down. Yeah, there you go. And then, you know, these weren't fifth graders; these are five-year-olds. Five-year-olds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kindergartners. Yeah. yeah, I refereed CYO basketball for many years in high school sports. I'm actually pulling up to do a soccer game right now. Great, okay. Um, we In fourth grade, CYO, we don't keep score. Yep. It's a non-competitive training. You know, as an educator and a sports official for many years, we own a big responsibility for safety of the kids on the field, on the court. And, you know, to me, what I was always taught as an official, we're teaching them sportsmanship. We're teaching them compassion. We're teaching them empathy, safety. And you're very, it's very true. Soccer is a, is a contact sport at times. Yes, of course. And, uh, you know, the rules have changed, you know, as far as what, you know, hits to the head, elbows. You know, we own a big responsibility. And many times, you know, most fans... Ninety-nine point six percent of fans get it. Yep, there's this small percentage who don't get it, and coaches also. And I'm not singling anyone out. You know, when they make comments like "let the kids play," "let the kids play safely," is you know our job and a big responsibility. Ray, let me ask you this: In your years as, a, as an official, have you ever gone over to a coach on the sidelines in a, in a game which is obviously getting uh, lopsided and said to the coach, you know, maybe the time has come to, to sort of, uh, you know, put out some of your bench in them or take it easy or whatever. Have you ever, you ever intervened in that way with a coach? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm going to do a recreation travel league, which is non-competitive. Yeah. And we have zero tolerance. Uh-huh. They have a, a goal. If you go up by three, they take a player off. If you go up by four, very nice. Now, I also do very competitive soccer on Saturdays in Long Island Junior Travel, which is right. much more competitive. Sure. And, you know, as a high school official, we're taught not to get into that. Me, personally, I always get into it. <laughs> I'll admit it. Because <laughs> uh, I hate to see kids get crushed. Yeah. I Ray... Uh, thank you for your, your very, uh, you know, words of wisdom this morning. It, it's, it's clearly, when I hear people like yourself talk about doing the right thing as the official, as the referee, it, it makes me feel good because it, it reminds me that there are people out there who care about the safety, and safety refers not only to the physical health, but to the mental health of the kids who are playing the sports. It's as simple as that. So, uh, I, I'm really, really uh, grateful for your efforts. It, it, and it's amazing. There are no coincidences in life. Yeah. In Newsday today, page six and seven, is a big story about Mora passing on the gridiron game on Long Island. Seventeen point eight percent less players since 2015 yeah. well, playing high school football. I don't know if you saw it. No, I have not. But Ray and I, I got to run. But thank you again. Go and ahead. Know, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ray. And yeah, we know. I mean, th- this is the concussion issue is not going away when it comes to football and also with other sports like, uh, as I said, field hockey, soccer, ice hockey. It's out there. Okay. Uh, before I forget, if you got up late this morning and you missed any of uh, of the sports edge this morning. 
This is some good news. You can just download the Radio.com app. You just go to WFAN, and you can listen back to anything on the show or on the station over the past 24 hours. This is really pretty, pretty cool. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Kennedy. Please stick around for J.J. He's up next with the morning line. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.